welcome. Thank you so much for downloading this podcast. This is our Discovery Fellowship Podcast. Again, we are looking for a good name for this podcast. So if you have any suggestions for a name for this specific topical podcast that we're doing, email podcast at dfchurch.com. As always, I'm your host, Pastor Nathan. I'm the online pastor here at Discovery Fellowship Church, joined by Pastor Matt, our next-gen pastor. Hello, everybody. And as I promised last week, we have a special guest with us today, Mr. Joe Bonacisi. Thank you, Nathan. Joe is one of our faithful congregants here, but he's just an all-around awesome guy. He's going to well, be thanks. Yeah, well, yeah. joining us today as we talk about this. Um, if, if you haven't done so already, take a minute, make sure you leave us a review. Uh, recommend this podcast to somebody. I was just telling the guys here, generally speaking, most podcasts are people listen to them because it was recommended by somebody else. So if, if there's somebody else who you think would find value in this type of discussion, learning, building up, encouraging them in their Christian life, you know, recommend this to them, send them a link and subscribe, leave a review. Now, today we are going to be continuing our discussion through our three pillars of discovery Fellowship Church. So we had Pastor Rick on when we talked about loving his word. We had uh, Alexis Webb on when we talked about worshiping God. And today we have Joe on to talk about build people. So when we say build people as our third pillar, we're saying the three major ideas of Discovery Fellowship Church. Our Mm -hmm. mission and our purpose and vision is summarized in these three statements. When I say build people, what does that mean to you guys? Well, you know, I think I think the term Nathan um, in Christendom, it, 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 we can use different terms to mean the same thing. Yeah. Right. You know, so so I think of things like strengthen, edify, mm-hmm. sanctify, encourage. I mean, that's yeah. the idea, right? That Definitely. We, we want to we want to and to and to kind of give you a a practical vision of this. It's like uh, our job is to rub our spiritual finger along the edge of people's lives. Okay. And we, we feel for cracks. Oh, okay. Right? And then, yeah, I like that. And then what we try to do is we cooperate with the Spirit of God to try to fill in those cracks. That's, okay. That's our job. I and mean, that should happen just naturally, right? Right. I mean, that should be a, just a, a course of our life. That should be a natural outflowing of the life. And I think... The prerequisite of that is is you have to be in relationship with people then, right? Oh, if, yeah. <laughs> if, if you don't have the people whose fingers yeah. you can uh, – that was going to get kind of strange there. But if you, don't <laughs> have, if you don't have people in your life that you can be seeing those things and then them back to you, right. then you're never going to – you're going to be just waving at empty air. Yeah, yeah. And it's uh, – you know, so how do we do it? I mean, what 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 is the process? I mean, um, I, hmm. I think we do it the same way God does it, right? I mean, you look at John 17, verse 17, where Jesus prayed and he said, you know, Lord, Father, sanctify them uh, by your truth. And your word mm-hmm. is truth, right? Right. So, so the primary component to building people up is to build them up in the truth. Now, there, right. are, there are other components that we'll talk about a little bit later on, but primarily it's how am I contributing to the understanding uh, that people have of the Word of God. I mean, I think we should all strive to be like, you know, the Holy Spirit uh, characterized Apollos this way. He said he was a learned man Hmm. with a thorough knowledge of the Scriptures, or a thorough understanding of the Scriptures. So what we want to do is when we see people, we, we want to contribute to their understanding of the Scriptures. Right. That's think, how we build them up. I think for a lot of people uh, in our world, 
not just in the church, but outside the church, when we think of build people, we're thinking of how can I build them in my image, right? How can I, how can <laughs> yeah. I build people yeah. in the image of Matt Braggins? Because yes. I want to replicate myself more. But the key, like you said, is in the word of God, in his image, yeah, right? We're not to, yeah. Paul didn't say, be like me. He said, follow me as I follow Jesus. So it's right. In order for me to build people, I have to be rooted in Christ first so that I can help build them in Christ. Yeah, right. No, no kidding. You, you have to have the disease before you can <laughs> give the disease. Right. Mm-hmm. That That's a good way to put it. And I think what's kind of fun, um, you may have noticed this, uh, it was intentional. You know, we didn't, this didn't happen by accident, but as we talk about these as like the three pillars of discovery, they all do kind of interconnect and build on each other because loving his word is kind of a prerequisite for building people. If you don't know his word, as you're saying, what are we building people? And knowing how to worship God. And again, if you haven't listened to that episode, we talk a lot about unpacking worship Mm -hmm. beyond just music on a Sunday morning, right? What it looks like as a lifestyle oriented toward God um, all of that is going to be a requirement if you're going to effectively build people up. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you this, I mean, opportunities for this come all the time, yeah. but we're, most of the time we're not paying attention, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I, I, uh, just yesterday I had lunch with a couple and I, you know, as we talked, th- there were some gaps that needed to be filled and you see these all the time. Yeah. You know, I can give you a couple examples. First of all, Salvation is a big one, right? Yeah. Yep, that's kind I of mean, the, the first uh, step to take, right? Oh, man, pe- people have all kinds of strange ideas about what salvation is. People in the church have strange ideas. People in our church have some strange <laughs> ideas about what salvation is. Yeah. And, as, and as you ask the question, and I think that's the key, we have to be good question askers, right? Yeah. If you ask somebody... Uh, Tell me a little bit about your spiritual heritage. How did you come to faith? Well, you start talking and listening, and somebody will say something like, oh, well, I've always been a Christian. Right. All right. Well, whoa. Once (laughs) I hear that, I feel a crack there, right? Because nobody was always a Christian. (laughs) Right. right? I mean, Matt, as as cute as you were as a baby, (laughs) uh, you were still a sinner. Yeah, I just mean, ask my parents. Yeah, they'll tell you all about it. I mean, I mean, kids come to us yeah. in that condition, yep. right? Yeah. And so all of a sudden now, uh, even though you're cute, you're still a little rebel, Yeah. right? And even from a young age, I mean, uh, kids start crying, and we assume, well, they're wet or they're hungry, going, nothing. They just want some company, right? Yeah. Right. You know, they're deceiving you, right? Sure. So, yeah. So uh, when, when people... <laughs> Uh, tell you they've been saved their whole lives. Sure. You should take a big clue. Yeah. Well, maybe I need to explain this a yeah. little bit. And you ought to know the scriptures where you can apply to that circumstance where God said, to those uh, whom uh, I, I redeemed, I gave them the power to be called the sons of God. Hmm. Not everybody's a son of God. Right. right, we're all creations of God, but not everybody's a son of God. Well, Scripture is very clear. It says, "Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved." I did not know Jesus as a three-year-old. Yeah, right. I didn't. I, therefore, didn't I couldn't the, believe in him. You didn't have the capacity. Yeah, right. Sure. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, so those kind of things come up. I think marriage issues come up all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The average, honestly, I mean, the more I talk to people, the average uh, evangelical member of a church doesn't have a very clear idea about how marriage works. Mm. 
Really? Yeah. And if you're in a, if you're in a conversation and you say, well, how do you guys make decisions? And they say, oh, well, it's, we make them 50, 50, right. You know, well, 50, 50 doesn't work. 50, 50 only works when you both agree. Right. That's not a problem, right? right? The issue is when you don't agree. Right. So now what's, what's God's apparatus for solving that issue? Hmm. Well, most people don't know. Yeah. Usually it's whoever has the strongest personality, they win, right? Right. 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 I mean, and yeah. So, so if, you, if you're listening, you, you, can, you can pick up on things. That's good. How about children? Everybody has, who has children has trouble. Right. Right. Because again, they're sinners. Right. In children fact, are difficult. Yes. Yeah. In fact, <laughs> we're sinners, right? right. Yep. So you right. got a house full of sinners. Sinners raising yeah. sinners. Oh, right. not yeah, going to yeah. go well anyway. <laughs> oh, I know. So, so, but here's the thing that I find with a lot of, of Christian parents, especially, they are laboring under a huge burden hmm. because the assumption is that if I do everything I'm supposed to do as a believer, right. that my kids will turn out to be. Uh, exemplary Christian right. kids. Right. right. And we can even get that now. Maybe, you know, this is, I think, a misinterpretation, but you can even find, you know, biblical support if you want for that idea. You know, train up a child in the way and he will not Proverbs, depart from yeah, it. Yeah, right? sure. Yep. And it's like, well, that's yes, that's a good generalization, but it's not a guarantee. This is not, this is what will always happen, right? You can do everything right as a parent and your child might still walk away make their sure. own decisions sure and, right. and by the way they, they usually don't do it till later hmm. yeah i mean kids are smart sure they're, they're not going to cuss the alligator till they're across the pond <laughs> right yeah uh, exactly. so 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 people who have this you know this pride if you will hmm. of a, how look how good my kids are i almost say okay let's wait till they go to college then you you talk to me about that right so right. what god is doing in your child's life is his grace it's, it's not because we're so great right right i mean kids have a will of their own uh, God will not mm. violate our right to choose. Now, younger kids will conform to our standards, and they should. Mm -hmm. But that does—I mean—that doesn't necessarily mean a lot, right? I mean, you take two kids; uh, they both keep their rooms clean. You ask the one, "Well, why do you keep your room clean?" He says, "Because if I don't, my parents will discipline me." Mm -hmm. Okay. The other kid says, "Well, I keep my room clean because I like it that way." Right. Well, you'd much rather have the second one. Right, right, for sure. So, so with children, so here's the burden that, that Nathan, you mentioned, and I think is true. So many Christian parents have this burden of guilt saying, what could I have done differently, mm. right, so that my kids would have a better life than they have now? Well, there are a couple of things. One, what's your goal for your kids? Mm. I mean, you ask the average parent what their goal for the kids is, often you'll hear this answer. I just want them to be happy. Okay. And yeah. I'm going, that's your uh, goal? That's too low. Uh, right. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, if I wanted my kids to be happy, I'd feed them candy bars all day long. Mm -hmm. Sure. I guarantee you they would be deliriously happy. Happy as a clown. Right. Delirious until, is key until, there. <laughs> until until they started start throwing out. it all up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and their teeth fall out. Their health does, right? Right, right. So, and people say, well, doesn't God want me to be happy? Not no. necessarily. Not necessarily. No. no. He wants you to be mature. Mm. Right. Right. My goal for my kids is that they become spiritually mature. Now, if they're spiritually mature, they're going to have a lot of joy in their mm -hmm. life, right. right? But but happiness isn't the deal. No, right. happiness is a fleeting thing. That oh my It comes gosh. and it goes. And and honestly, and I tell um, I've told my kids it's the same. You know, if you were happy all the time, I'd say you probably are mentally crazy because. Bad things happen. Or being you, dishonest. You don't yes. have to be happy. Like your dog dies, you're not yeah. happy about right. it. 
we can find joy in all things, but we cannot conflate joy and happiness as if they're the same thing. As you know, happiness is not going to be something you always you're, you're, are. You're right on. For me. sure. I mean, happiness. Happiness actually comes from two Latin words. Okay. Uh, I'm I'm sorry. That's wrong. Circum happiness is dependent upon circumstances. Right. 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 And circumstances comes from two Latin words. Okay. Uh, circum meaning around. Yep. And stare meaning to stand. So oh, okay. circumstances are just those things that are standing around. Mm -hmm. Oh, had a guy had a guy come to me one time. And he said, uh, I asked him how he was. He said, Oh man, I'm okay under the circumstances. I go, What are you doing under those? Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we can't control those. Yeah. Right. So joy is something different. It's, yeah. it's it's based in a relationship with Christ. Right. So that sure. I can. I mean, I've. I'm sure all of us have been this. Where I've I've been the the recipient of God's discipline. Mm -hmm. And he even tells us it doesn't seem pleasant at the time, right? right? Yep. So I'm not grateful necessarily for the event, but I am grateful for the result of the event, right? right? I think that kind of brings up an interesting point, and I think it might be a term that we don't use maybe as much as we should. Um, we say discipline, we think of discipleship. And I think when we talk about building people, discipleship is kind of the it fits into that process right when we say well jesus calls us to make disciples of everybody what does discipleship mean and i think so often as a as the church we think conversion is the goal right jesus told us to go convert a lot of people but it's like no it's not and maybe we can talk a little bit about what do we mean by those two terms and what is the difference between those two terms but i think conversion it's like what you said with like happiness that's too you're stopping there it's like that's this idea of just saying well i need to get you to believe in god is not our goal or i just need to get you to to say this first step and that's our goal it's like no we we are called to build people we're called to disciple people which is be in their lives feel the cracks around the edges and help fill it in as they as others disciple us uh, um, well yeah good good point i mean you you um I mean, as you read through the New Testament, just make a note from, from here on out. <laughs> How many times you see this phrase, and the number of the disciples was increased. Mm -hmm. Right. Jesus wasn't looking for attenders. Right. He was looking for yeah. disciples, those yep. people who had a commitment to become like he was. Yeah. Right. Look, uh, Nathan, you, you hit the nail on the head. Or you hit the nail with your head. I'm not sure which one, but but um, thanks. <laughs> Depends on the day. With him. <laughs> uh, Jesus, uh, God didn't die for us just to get us out of hell. Mm. Now, fortunately, that's part of the deal, right? Right. But that's not the main point. Right. The main point is God died for us not to get us out of hell, though He does. God died for us to get Him into us, mm. right? Love so that, that so that now we live his life through that's the main point right right right, right. it's so you've hit something that uh, i i get passionate and kind of worked up about <laughs> as well and i think it's because i didn't realize this until much later in my christian walk than i probably should have and maybe this is a product of american christianity um and some of the the emphases we've placed in it or i don't know where um, but growing up, and you'll still hear this, so often people will say 
you should become a Christian. They'll say maybe so you can avoid hell. That yeah. comes up a lot. Or they'll say, and I think equally incorrectly, they'll say, well, you should be a Christian so that when you die, you go to heaven. And again, both of those things, while true, that's just a not, bonus. Those there. are those <laughs> are those are yeah, a side effect of what God's actually trying yeah. to do. And it's like God coming as you know in the flesh, incarnating Jesus being God in the flesh is like God interrupting our world, God coming into our world mm. and it's redemption of something that we broke, right? It's, it's, you know, this is the gospel, but it's God created a good world. Our goal is not escape. Our goal right. is not, well, the world's broken. God needs to get rid of it and we need to get to heaven so that he can just blow it up. Right. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's Platonism and that's Gnosticism. That's not yeah. the gospel, right? God says, you guys broke this, but I love you. I want to repair and restore our relationship. I want to be in your life. Like you said, God wants to come into our lives. Mm -hmm. Jesus prayed your, you know, your kingdom on earth as it is in heaven, not outside of earth and in heaven. And when we look through the whole biblical picture, when we look at Revelation and when we look at where we're going, it's not away from earth to heaven. It's heaven comes to earth. That's what we see at the end of Revelation, right? The new Jerusalem coming down to earth and God restoring the earth to what is intended and it been beyond his intention. Uh, we look at the resurrection of Jesus as like the first fruit of what he'll do for you and for me who belong to him and not just for us, but for all of creation, right? When Paul says creation is groaning under everything, it's like we are waiting for this renewal and this resurrection for everything. And that is an exciting and hopeful message because mm -hmm. if our message is just follow Jesus so that when you die, you go to heaven. Well, what does that do for your life? Right. You might as well yeah. just end it there and go be with him if that's yeah. your point. And you're missing out on the key, like you guys mentioned, key parts of scripture, like Ephesians 2.10, right? Where God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works. It's not where God's Which workmanship- he ordained in advance for yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. it's not, it's not right. so that, you know, you're God's workmanship so that you can just live a bland, yeah, whatever, yeah. ho-hum life here on earth and then eventually have life eternal. Right. But, but no, the life with Jesus is something that it starts now. It changes how we experience those circumstances, oh, right? Yeah. We're no longer just letting them stand under us instead, yeah. or we're standing under them. Instead, we're now going out and being his hands and feet. And like Jesus himself said to his disciples um, with the Great Commission, right? All authority in heaven and earth in Matthew chapter 28 has been given me. Therefore, go what, and make what, what disciples. What book was that? Matthew. Oh, I figured. Okay. Chapter 20. <laughs> I mean, that's my name. That's what I'm going to go to, right? That's my default. Oh, man. <laughs> go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And he doesn't stop there. It's not a period. We often stop there. And teaching them to obey everything I have commanded hmm. you. Like there's an element of a lifestyle of obedience that then is filled with joy because I'm in the middle of his will for my life. Yeah. Well, great, great, great point, Matt. And I, and you know, huh. I think if you go back and I, I was guilty of this for a long time when I, when I led people to Christ, my main emphasis was, you know, get out of hell. Yeah. You know? Right. Um, so when you go back to Romans 10 and you see, uh, when, when, when the apostle Paul says, look, um, here's how this works, Right that if you will confess with your mouth that Jesus is Savior, and that's not what it says, right? <laughs> that Jesus is what? 
Lord. 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 Greek text, kurios, meaning <laughs> boss. Mm-hmm. Right? Okay. So it's not this, I mean, and I see it all the time in the funerals, and it's heartbreaking when, when people wonder if the deceased was born again. Right. Right. And so uh, what a terrible legacy to leave to your family, for, to leave them in doubt about wow. that. Right. Yeah. And so immediately those who are close to the person go on what I call a spiritual archaeological dig. Mm. Was there a time when he said the prayer? Right. 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 Yep. Whether that be at youth camp or in church right. or something. Right. Sure. Instead of having the evidence of this life right. filled with obeying God, it's okay. Did he say the prayer? Right. Did he say the magic words? Yeah. Now, <laughs> now I said the prayer. Right. Okay. And I'm not denigrating the prayer. I'm just denigrating the idea that words are magic. Right. Exactly. You know, words that don't save you. That there's no there's no content right. there. Right. 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 It's 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 me adding Jesus to my life, and then I go on as as I ordinarily did. Right, but, mm. but but he was pretty clear about it. Yeah. He said, "You accept me, ex- accept me as Lord, right? Not just the guy that gets you out of hell, right? Okay, so hmm. w- we have to be a little more clear about that, yeah, right. And so there is a commitment on on your side. Now, uh, I, I think of the great young ruler, or, or the rich young ruler, right? Uh, he, he was, I think, boasting when he said, yeah, I've kept all the commandments. Yeah, I doubt that would happen, sure, but, <laughs> but that's what he claimed, right? Right. And then Jesus kept pushing him." Yeah. Right. He kept saying, okay, what about this, this? And then he said, all right, give all your money to the poor. Wow. I can't Hold do that. that. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> right. You know? That was a step too far. Yeah. So, <laughs> so what he was saying was, I'm not going to accept you as Lord. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. I, I'm not going to give you control over everything. Right. right. But my contention is if you don't accept him as Lord, you don't accept him at all. I mean, we have to accept Jesus on his terms, not ours. Right. We don't mm. get to, to kind of pick and choose yeah. this bargain. Right. Yeah. Now, to be fair, none of us does it perfectly. Right. Sure. Right. It's kind of like your kids, right? You, right. you expect them to obey everything you say, right? But you know they're not going to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? That's right. Yep. That yeah. is true. So you discipline them and you correct yeah. them, and hopefully the older they get, you know, yeah. the, the more they obey. So we just have to be really, really careful to say, look, there, there is a part of commitment on your side too. Mm. It's right. not just one way, right. right? And so if we can, if we can do that, uh, then I think, I mean, I mean, everybody you've led to Christ. I mean, and everyone I've led to Christ, I've always wondered right after that, was that legit? Right. Right. You know? Right. So what do I wait for? Well, I wait and see what happens, mm-hmm. right? If they stop coming to church, it's a pretty good, pretty good idea that they, you know, they probably weren't weren't genuine about this. And I'm grateful when I came to Christ as a freshman in high school, the guy that led me to Christ said, now the next step for you is to be baptized. Hmm. And he showed me in Matthew 20, you know, your favorite mm-hmm. book, Matthew 28. <laughs> and uh, I didn't even know what baptism was. Yeah. I said, so what, what, what is this? He says, well, you know, you, you get up in front of the whole church. Oh, we're going to dunk you in a baptistry, and then you can say a few words. And I said, i got to be honest with you. <laughs> That's not top of my priority list. You know, I, I, I don't, I'm not into that. Right. But, and I said, if that's what God says I should do, sign me up. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm so grateful for that because now I know mm-hmm. that I understood at the point of salvation yeah. that Jesus was the boss from yes. here on out, right? So when we come to Christ, there is should be a change of allegiance, mm-hmm. right? right? From me driving my life to him yeah. driving my life. And that's a progressive thing, right? I mean, we get better at it as we get, mm-hmm. hopefully, as we hopefully. get older, 
right? Hopefully, yeah, exactly. But when I have somebody who says, well, I don't care what God says, this is what I'm going to do. Right. I'm You're going, like, well, wow, how does uh-oh. that work? Yeah. You know, how do you justify that with your commitment right. to your alleged commitment to Christ? Right. That's mm. tough. Yeah. Now, maybe that's too hard, but that's, no, that's what I think. No, I think that's, that's what you, you, you should be asking. And I think you've kind of highlighted and kind of hit on um, a pretty key thing there. And I think it's, again, going back to, because when I think about this and when I've gone through this in my mind, it makes me think of discipleship. You had a person who didn't say, all right, you said the prayer, you're a Christian, good. good. I'm, I'm going to move on, on to the next person. Yeah, <laughs> and then they're just on their own, right? You had a person who said, okay, so here's your next step. And um, I used this example, it was a few times ago when I was preaching, um, but I kind of had what I called like a next steps timeline. And it was just kind of like in the Christian life, you should always be looking at, well, what is the next step that I need to take? What is the next part of getting to look more like Jesus or centering him as Lord of my life that I need to do? And so for the person who doesn't know Jesus at all, it's, well, accept him as Lord. And then it's baptism. It's get you know, study his word. It's spend time sure. in prayer. It's community with other believers. And I think mm-hmm. we've, it's one of those funny things where, you know, we, salvation is free. Salvation is not by us. And, and we've almost overcorrected in our, in making sure, and for good reason, right? When, when we have people who are saying, well, here's all the things you have to do to be saved, or here's all the means of grace that you're going to need in order to get what God wants for you. And it's like, we want to make, sure that we are so far against saying any of that, that that maybe we've overcorrected a little bit too far and saying, well, you just have to say this word and then do whatever you want. Like we don't, we don't say that. We'll just do whatever you want, but we kind of treat it that way sometimes. And we say, well, you know, just say these words or maybe, you know, make sure you show up at church once a week. And then after that, you've you've given God what was his. Now you can have your life. And it's like, well, and that, that, that's that's counter to, to what the Scripture plainly teaches. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, we have a right to expect that somebody who makes Christ as Lord will see things differently now than they ever saw them before, right? 2 Corinthians 5, 17. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. By the, by the way, God used the same creative force he used to create the universe to right. create a new person, mm. right? Yeah. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. What does that mean? Well, that means that doesn't mean all your problems are over, right? I mean, some of your problems are just getting started, right? Because <laughs> yeah, now you have an adversary, yeah, right? yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, what you didn't have before, he let sleeping dogs lie, right? Right. right. Okay, so and I hate to refer them as dogs, but I mean, the idea is that he 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 wasn't interested in you because you were no opposition, right? Right. So, what does that mean? It means that now we see everything from a completely different vantage point mm-hmm. than we saw them before. Right. All of a sudden, we're not the center of the universe now. He right. is, and other people are. So, I ex- expect to see that from somebody mm-hmm. who's genuinely converted. Yeah. Right. Is, is that an unfair expectation? <laughs> I don't think so. I think that would be biblically what we would expect. Yeah. Right? I mean, people, people, <laughs> people say all the time. They go, "Oh, geez, you know, um, these poor lost people. They're so sad. I mean, they're so. Are you kidding me? Right. I mean, look, there. You know, if, if you think that that. Lost people aren't having fun sinning. Right. You just don't know the right sins, right? Because because a lot <laughs> oh, of people will pay a lot of money for some of these sins, right? Yeah, sure. And the scripture tells us plainly, right? There is pleasure in sin, right? Mm-hmm. But what? Only for a season, yep. right? Right. There, yep. For every for every every kick, there's a kick back eventually, sure, right? And my observation in my own life has been this: 
Satan always advertises more than he delivers. Mm-hmm. Yep. It always costs more than he advertises. Yep. And it always lasts longer than you think it will. Mm-hmm. Right? So there's a reason why we're to live out our our faith in fear and trembling. Right. Fear and trembling of what? Of sin. Right. right? Because it's like it's like having a lion in your front room. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. What do you do if you have a lion in your front room? You don't turn your back on it. Because <laughs> it will jump you. Right. Right. And it'll create all kinds of havoc. So I have I think I have a right to expect that a person who comes to Christ will begin to see things differently than they ever saw them before. So how do we as Christ followers help in that journey and help in that process? So when someone mm-hmm. comes to Christ, now it's okay, how can we help you in that journey, in growing in that relationship, in making Jesus Lord? Like how how what do we build we do? people? How do we build people? Yeah. I guess is the question, isn't it? Well, in a lot of ways. I mean, I mean, the first one we mentioned, right? You you have to you have to help them understand the word and mm-hmm. and and by the way, it doesn't happen overnight. I mean, mm. you have to develop an appetite for the word of right. God. I remember when I first started reading it, I go, "Man, this is hard." You know, is there something else I can do besides yeah. this? <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> you know, yeah. Uh, and now I, I I think Shandell and I were talking. My wife Shandell and I were talking. I think she's been through the Bible. Somewhere between forty and fifty times. Awesome. Oh man, that's and I, awesome. And I've been through probably twenty-five or thirty. I can't remember, but but uh, the reason that's important is is because you you must know the whole before right. you can really properly understand the specifics. Mm, sure. For example, some people think, well, I need wisdom. So all I, the only verse they know about wisdom is what you know, ask of God, and right. He'll give to all men liberally and upbraids them not. You got to do more than that. Mm. And that's not the only thing God says about wisdom, right. right? He also says, if you look in Proverbs one, two, and three, He says, "Look, you have to dig for it like right. you would silver or precious gems." Mm. You go out in your backyard uh, today, Matt, and you're looking for precious gems and silver. It's not laying on the grass. No. You got to dig for it, mm-hmm. and it's hard, backbreaking work. So. Yes, God does give you wisdom, but he gives it to you through the efforts that you make. Right, right. Right. I mean, and then we say that all the time. For example, when the apostles prayed, Lord, give us this day our daily bread. Yeah. They didn't wait for it to float through the window. Right. Right. What they were really praying was, Lord, um, add your blessing to our efforts to earn our daily bread. Sure. Same way with wisdom. Lord, I'm asking you, add your understanding and your blessing to me as I study your word. So yeah, that's, that's one good. of them. Yep. Encouragement's mm-hmm. another. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think people die for lack of encouragement. Hmm. Don't you? I mean, mm-hmm. uh, and it doesn't cost us anything, right? right? I mean, I look for people to encourage. Mm. I come to church, I go, who can I encourage you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? that's great. And I, I want to find something that I can say that affirms them. Now, not that's not the only way to do it, but that's one of the ways. Sure. Um, I was at a, a, a high school... Um, musical performance and this guy this kid was playing a a solo saxophone and and right beside me was his sister i didn't know this but 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 while he was playing she jumped up and said that's my brother (laughs) (laughs) oh man wow you know and i want you know how encouraging must it must have been to him right so we can encourage people we can help people with helpful words right ephesians 4 29 let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, building right. up building others, up. right? That's good. Mm-hmm. So be careful how we speak to people. Yeah. 
Uh, another one is money. You can help people with money. Money is a wonderful thing. I mean, money makes a wonderful servant, but a terrible master. Sure. Right? Yeah. So, you, so you have to be careful when you give money, because sometimes you're working in opposition to God himself. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, think about it. Uh, what is work? Well, the Apostle Paul said work is God's motivator to go to work. Okay. Right? Yeah. I mean, hunger is his motivator to go to work. He said, if you don't work, what? You're not going to eat. Yep. Right? So some people that we see, um, and I, I don't know how much time we have left, but I, you know, I, I always go to Galatians 6.2 and 6.5. Okay. Galatians 6.2 says, um, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Mm-hmm. Okay. Three verses later, it says, each man shall bear his own burden. Hmm. You go, wait a minute. Wait, which is it? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I tend to go with, with number five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Verse five, right? Uh, b- but there's two different Greek words. Oh, okay. That's interesting. All right. Yeah. The first one, uh, it, 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 it means a heavy burden. Hmm. It, it has to do with something that you can't you carry, can't carry by on. yourself. Yep. Okay. Right? That would be something like an illness, loss of job, you know, things that are catastrophic. So we're to come in and help one another mm-hmm. with that. But the second one means a a normal load. So we are responsible to carry our own load. So I shouldn't expect help from people to pay my rent, to pay for my food. Those are things that God's given me to do. Right. Right. With his help. So uh, and I think sometimes Christian people take advantage of that. Yeah. Right? I mean, we think, well, the church should help us with everything. No, right. there's some things you could help yourself. Right. It's right? like, what, you know, and you see this biblically when, you know, there's only so many resources available. Yeah. We need to wisely utilize those in the situations that people need them most. So if you have a debilitating illness or, you know, a catastrophic thing happens for your job or something like that, then sure, the church can come along and maybe help you with your groceries, sure. Sure. help you with your rent, sure. something like that. That's what one of the great things the church can do. But it's not a call to then say, well, then I don't do anything. I just back off. Like right. 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 I mean, that's that's crazy. Right. So right. and even with with homeless people. Right. I mean, our, the best thing we can do with homeless people is talk to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we don't want to do that because it's a little scary. Right. It's I just rather kind of give them some money to keep driving. Be on your way. God bless. So yeah. when we when we when we we what we call the social gospel, when we major on the social gospel um, and there are some cases when we should help people. Right. But. But if you don't investigate that, right, and you're just tossing up money, what all you're doing is you're taking a, 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 a an under-resourced person, you're making him better fed, and and better clothed. As he goes to hell, mm. right. and I'm going wait, that's not our job. Right. I mean, when you think about it, when John the Baptist came and asked Jesus, had his emissaries ask Jesus, "Are you the Messiah?" and he said, "Go back and tell John a number of things," but one of them was that the poor have the gospel preached to them. Right. Not that we set up a social program to take right. care of all their social needs. I mean, that was the, I mean, that's really what we're about, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's how we help people. Yeah. Right. You got to get them the gospel. Right. That's I think good. that, uh, and we see this often. I, I've, I've said this on multiple subjects, <laughs> but it's always so difficult to walk that middle section because it, the tendency for humans is to fall one way or the other so right. to your example our tendency might be let's focus on the social programs 
at the expense of telling them the gospel. Well, you've done yeah. nothing to help them. Exactly. But like James says, it's all well and good to say, oh, you know, God loves you. Be on your way, but not meet any of their physical needs. Well, that's not going to do a lot either. And, and what we see in the life of Jesus is he does both. He doesn't he doesn't ex- do one at the expense of the other. And that's where we tend to go. We tend to say, well, if you're helping people, you're not sharing the gospel. Or if you're sharing the gospel, then you don't need yeah. to help people. It's like, well, we can do both. We can sure. show people God's love when we meet their physical needs. But that doesn't negate our need for them to tell us who God, tell them who God right. is yeah. and to point them towards Jesus Great and say, point. we're doing this. We're helping you with this right now, not because we just think you need a sandwich, yeah, but because we know that God has created you to be in relationship with him. And that relationship has been destroyed right now and you need to come back to him, right? So let me, you know, God loves you. Let me demonstrate a little bit by maybe giving you a sandwich. Sure. But let's talk about what God's love is. Yeah. But I think I think we, the tendency is to say, well, you know, and by the way, it's easier to give people money than oh, it yeah. is to have this conversation that you talked about, right? 100%. And because, and not only that, but the world applauds us, right? right. They go, oh, you guys are so great. Yeah. You right. Know? Well, wait a minute. Um, that's not our yeah. basic job, right. you know. I want oftentimes I, that giving of the ten dollars does more for me oh, than it yeah. does for that person. Right? Oh, yeah. the, hey, I feel good about myself. I gave away some money today. The car behind me saw yeah. it and was like, "Wow, that guy! Look at that! <laughs> what a saint!" Yeah, right? you know. Yep. So, yeah, exactly. So, and I, I saw a study by a sociologist out of Denver uh, about a year ago, where he he interviewed a bunch of homeless mm-hmm. people, <laughs> and the large percentage of them didn't want a different lifestyle. They were happy just smoking weed and getting handouts. Interesting. So do we finance that for them? Right. You know, we're we're working in in opposition to God in that case, right? Sure. You know, so we just have to be kind of careful about that. Right. Uh, Definitely. And that's where, like, as as you mentioned, it's just so critical that we take that maybe step outside of our comfort zone and actually engage and actually talk or, or, you know. I got to go park my car, stand on the corner, (laughs) talk to this guy. I don't know if he has a knife or a gun or whatever, you know. Right. But but the idea is, you know, you you got to rub your finger on even a, right. a life that's kind of dirty sometimes. Yeah. You know, got to get your hands dirty with it. Yeah. It's not hmm. fun. Love it. You know. So uh, the, to the question of what can we do, I would say I would give you three suggestions. Okay. One, learn the word of God. Mm. I love you, it. You are, you are limited. And what not only what you can you know help other people with, but even your own life. Yeah. I mean, I've often said that our our capacity to enjoy life and our usefulness in the kingdom will be directly related to our daily intake of the word of God. Hmm. Because now we have a grid by which we can measure all things. Where we can say, okay, this is good, this is bad. So one, learn the word. You cannot share what you do not know. Hmm. Yep. Secondly, pay attention most of the time we just cruising through life and you know yeah we have no idea what's going on i mean which we don't realize that the people we meet that god sent us to them right and uh that's an opportunity for us yeah and there there are wonderful opportunities that come to us every day we just ignore Mm -hmm. you know so when somebody brings something up even thing like even a thing like climate change somebody brings up climate but all the time in fact, I read a commentary some not too long ago about a guy back in the 1600s talking about climate change, what we're talking about. 
Everybody's wow. talking about climate change. I'm going, really? <laughs> wow. Going, Whoa. That's impressive. Yeah, so, We're still talking about it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We barely had to solve it. But I mean, you can say, you don't even have to worry about that, right? If you just know your Bible. Mm. I mean, yeah. there are other reasons besides faulty science and, and, and the stewardship of God. But you look and say, wait a minute. God tells us that we have seven years of tribulation and a thousand years of the reign of Christ. We have at least a thousand seven years to go. So relax, right? <laughs> and they go, really? And yeah. then you create some interest there, right? Hmm. So know the word, pay attention. And the last thing is ask God to open up doors of opportunity yeah. for you mm. and give you the courage to walk through them. Yep. Right? Uh, uh, my my brother-in-law is dead now, but uh, he was a former Catholic priest and um, lived in Florida. So I'd shared my faith with him every a little bit every now and then. And he liked me for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> I'm not really not even that appealing, but he liked me, you know? So, so, uh, uh, so he got up in his nineties and health was failing. So mm-hmm. Shindell and I said, we've got to get back to Florida to talk to him because yeah. I felt like we didn't need on his way to hell. So we did. And I was spent two weeks with him. I did not get any time with him alone hmm. at all. And I was frustrated. So I prayed. I said, Lord, please let me have some time with John alone. And I'm telling you, it wasn't five minutes later when he said, hey, Joe, you want to go take a ride? Wow. I go, yeah. Okay. Huh. So we get in the car. First question out of his mouth. Would you tell me what you know about heaven? Wow. I said, sure. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I would love to. Yeah. Thanks, and God. If, yeah. if only it was that easy every time. Oh, right? I know. Yeah. <laughs> so I explained the gospel to him. He goes, yeah. He goes, that's what I did. Huh. I go, really? When? He said, oh, about six months ago. Wow. I go, how'd that happen? He says, my gardener came, and every time he would trim my bushes and do my lawn, he would spend some time with me, talking to me about the Bible, and he would pray with me. Wow. And he explained the gospel, and, and I accepted Christ on that basis. That's amazing. And I'm going, you know, here I'm thinking, I'm the only guy. I got to get there. Yeah. Right. You know, and God, I think God lets those things happen occasionally just so we understand, hey, you're just a delivery boy. That's it. Yeah. I got plenty of those guys. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know, well, and Paul talks about, you know, Paul is like, you know, um, Apollo's, I planted, Apollo's watered, but God did the growth. It's like, it's not, it's, it should be, uh, a, a little bit of a less of a burden on us because sometimes we do think, wow, this is entirely on yeah. me right. for I, somebody's I salvation. Right. And yeah. it's like, now, and again, it's walking that line between the two. That's not an excuse to do nothing. Right. It's not an excuse no, no. to say, well, then I don't have to tell right. anybody about God because he's got other people. It's like, well, yeah. no, yeah. don't, yeah. don't overcorrect, but realize that there's a lot of people probably right. that God is, is yeah. using and you are not responsible for that person to say, oh, I accept Jesus today. Maybe that's, that's you're the, the first God, right? step yeah. yep. and yep. three people after right. you is what it's going to be the point that they finally get to that point where they say, I can surrender my life yeah. to Jesus. But without you in that first step, they might not have gotten to that point. Yeah, so, I, I think that we always, I mean, it's not wrong to have a sense of urgency. Right. We should have that. Yeah. But understand it, it ain't you. Right. Right. It, ta- it takes it from it's no longer a burden yeah. to share my faith. It's a privilege. Yeah. Like I get to be used by God in this moment. And that re- that really does, like you said, it frees me up to then just joyfully share what I know rather than be like, okay, I got to get all these words exactly right. I have to do yeah. this. I have to do that. This person cannot leave this table until they're saved. Otherwise, I have failed God. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. No. If I'm just faithful to look for those opportunities, pay attention to it, ask God to give me those opportunities and the courage to step into them, it's freeing yeah, yeah. to and know that the pressure's not on me, but the the 
the privilege is, yeah. the opportunity is. And think about it. I mean, why don't we do this all the time? Most of the time because we're worried about how we're coming across, right? Right. We're worried about our reputation. Yeah. But if you can lose yourself and interest in the other person, yeah. those things fade. Yep. You know, and I'm just focusing on this guy, right? And I'm saying, okay, where is he? Where, where yeah. can I fill it in here? Uh, and that's really what the Christian life is. I mean, we're not doing that. Right. I mean, you, we yeah. can say we're mature all we want to, but let me tell you something. A mature adult reproduces. Yeah. Yeah. And if we're not doing that, we're not mature. I don't care how many right. words you know yep. from the scriptures, right? That's good. Well, I think we're probably about out of time for yeah. today. Unfortunately, because Joe, I feel like we could probably talk about for an hour. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know if anybody yeah. else would listen that right. long. Yeah. Um, but, but we'd have fun. We would I, have a yeah, lot of fun. I do want to let people know, Joe, one of the things I love about having this discussion with you is these aren't just words from you. Yeah. I've seen this played out in your life. Um, I've you. seen you have these conversations, even with like my own child. Um, and so I, I appreciate that. So listeners know that what you're hearing from Joe, this isn't just theoretical stuff. Hmm. This is actually in practice on a daily basis with you. And so thank you, Joe, you're uh, for that example that you set thank for you. us. Yeah. And I, and I think one other thing too, that, that you probably know about, but when we help people, especially financially, mm -hmm. If you can do it anonymously, do it anonymously. Mm, definitely. Right? I mean, uh, I always say if, if I want to give some money to somebody, I, you know, I say, look, I want them to suspect everyone. Yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. I don't want to beat I my like chest that. and yep. say, oh, you know, look at me. Look what I right. did. Now you owe me. Because, yeah, exactly. You know, exactly. You know, so, so, you know, it has to do with what you mentioned, Matt, authenticity. Right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Who cares who gets the credit? Right. You know, he should get the credit. Not Absolutely. Us. I love that, Joe. Awesome. Well, Joe, I think um, we'll have to have you back on uh, sure, another to, episode yeah. sometime because yeah. it's always a pleasure to talk with you. Likewise. And again, if you have any uh, topics you would like us to discuss, I'll let you know just a little bit as we have finished up kind of our, our three-part series on the, the pillars of discovery. Um, next week, we are going to have a special episode as well. We will have our team at the worship conference. Um, so uh, a little bit of backstory for you listeners. We are sending nine people from our worship team ministry to uh, Orlando for a conference to better equip them, to better build mm. them up. And what I'm really uh, excited about with this is that it's not just adults on the team, but we're sending a lot of our students yeah. and from our next generation. And, and um, as we've talked about uh, last week on our, our next gen discussion, this cross multi-generational uh, approach to ministry is so refreshing and, and, and so important, I think. And so we are going to have a special episode from Orlando, um, having everybody kind of share what they have learned, what God has been showing them through this conference. And I think it's going to be really cool. So uh, if you have anything else uh, that you'd, again, like us to discuss, email podcast at dfchurch.com. And again, please let somebody know who you would like to hear this show as well. Uh, thanks again, Pastor Matt and Joe Bonacici for joining us today. We will see you next week.